The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor. How's everyone doing? I know. I'm sorry. I'm a little late. I usually release my episodes on Friday night or Saturday morning or afternoon or evening, but it is fully Sunday evening now. I apologize. But I had life to live. It was my husband's birthday this weekend, so we were doing husband's birthday things. Um, But I'm back here to talk about this week's Bravo content. Uh, It was Married to Medicine, Real Houses of Atlanta, Reunion Part 1, and the stupid Beverly Hills Aspen episode, which I might surprise some of you with my thoughts on. Hmm. Ooh, that's what we call a teaser (laughs) in the business. Oh, before, speaking of business... I don't know why I said speaking of business has nothing to do with it. But anyway, housekeeping business, maybe that's that's one. Um, before we get started with this week's episode, I was uh, on Dumpster Dive this week with Tom Hamlet. And I like I had 
um, tears in my face from crying so hard from laughing. We talked about everything that I'm probably going to talk about in this episode, but it's just, you know, a different vibe with my buddy Tom. And we did definitely talk about the royal family. Um, we talked about refrigerators. We definitely talked about Diana Jenkins' fiance Asher's music video. If you haven't checked that out, just like go to Diana's Reels on Instagram. It's a hoot. But check me out there. That's Dumpster Dive. Um, everywhere podcasts are heard. And but I think that's it. Let's let's get into what happened this week on Bravo. So Rehearsals of Atlanta reunion part one. My number one note is what's with the bird? <laughs> what's with the birds? Who decided this? Like, for real, who decided this? This is crazy. You couldn't put fake birds there? Like, nobody notices or cares. Like, what? I don't understand. It was so random. But anyway, you could tell based on how Andy is <laughs> popping around the dressing rooms with that, like, hop in a step that he has just binged the show the night before. Just, like, the way that he's going in and, like, saying like key things or either either he either he binged the episodes the night before or somebody did like a super cut of all of the silly things that everybody said and and he just watched that because he's like saying all the things uh, I'm worldwide how's the moment pop 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 she by Sheree fashion show with fashions etc etc it was like okay Andy we get it you watched it um but Can I just say, everybody in this fucking show is just so gorgeous. I I love that Potomac and Atlanta both do color themes. Like, I think that that's such a good idea. Everybody looks so good. Everybody's fashion, like, makes sense. Like, we just had the Dubai reunion where, like, Caroline Brooks wore a crown. Like, it was so random. Um, Caroline Stanberry was in some sort of like a glitter blouse. It was just like a weird look, but, um, and like freaking Beverly Hills, they always look like they're going to definitely different things. New Jersey, they always look like they're going to different parties in every single scene they film, let alone the reunion. I love that in Atlanta Potomac, they say, we're doing a dress code. Let's not look crazy. And I just love that. I wish more, um, more cities would do the same thing. Um, but anyway, everyone looks stunning. The set is stupid. I don't understand this moat business. The seating is interesting. It's like a, it's an interesting choice. I don't understand why Sheree is on the first seat next to Andy, but I guess maybe it was just her time. Um, I guess at the same time, it's like it would have either been Sheree or Candy because I do feel like Candy was more involved this season than she's ever been. We had a lot more candy content, but I guess comparatively, because Sheree had like the finale party, I guess she had to get it. Um, I mean, it definitely should not have been Sonia or Drew on the other side. So I don't know. Like, I wonder if I would have like, I don't know, swapped Marlo and Candy or something. You know what I mean? Or like done like, one side would have been like Sheree, Marlo, and Sonia, and the other side would have been Candy, Kenya, and Drew. I feel like that would have made more sense because of the alliances that had formed. Like obviously Marlo and and Sonia are very much a team, and Marlo is very much not for Candy or Kenya, but like she pretty much was fine with Sheree, right? Like the whole season, it seemed like it seemed like that anyway. Anyway, but um. 
the whole reunion starts after all the formalities with this like bone collector compilation, which is fun. But I like need to understand who picked the bones to add onto the screen because it was bad clip art. It was really, really bad clip art, but that drove me crazy. And then there was like this exchange between Drew and Sheree about bones. And I I know that Sheree has this like tendency to talk like this. Like she does a little whisper talk, right? Like she'll do a little, she'll say something and then she'll pause and then she says something else real fast. Like that's how Sheree talks. So then Drew started talking like her too. It says something about Petco and Fatoum and Bones. It was so bizarre, but it just, it was so bizarre, but it also was cracking me up. Um, Sonia and Drew started to argue a little bit about basically like whatever happened between them. And Drew says something like, You're a great runner, but not much else. And Sonia's like, I loved, here's the thing I think that everything Sonia said was correct this episode, but I think Sonia is a little too shaky voice, too emotional for this. And maybe I would be too if it was my first reunion, but like this isn't Real Houses of Beverly Hills. This is Real Houses of Atlanta where we don't do shaky cries over little things. You know, the only person who's allowed to do a shaky cry, in my opinion, in Atlanta, honestly, or like when I say shaky cry, I mean like shaky cry yelling is Candy. That's the only person. But anyway, Sonia says something like, we've been on earth the same amount of time, Drew, and all you've accomplished is mediocrity. And Drew, so first Drew says, you're a runner, we get it, but not much else. And Sonia's like, okay, don't don't say that because we're on earth the same amount of time and all you've been able to achieve is mediocrity, right? And then <laughs> Drew has the audacity to say, I don't know why you're discrediting me in this moment. That's out of line or something like that. And it's just like such peak Drew. Like you sling the mud first when I respond back. Then you like you talk about my career, my accomplishments. When I sling mud back, you say, how dare you talk to me about my accomplishments and discredit me. It's just it honestly it's it's so silly and so funny, but it's like annoying. But exactly why Drew, I feel like killed it this season. Um, they talk about Shiba Shuri launching and they're talking about the website. And it's just, again, hilarious. Like when this reunion showed and I recognize that the new episode is going to be on like three hours after I released this episode. But um, Sheree released another. She did like another launch. So what keeps happening is she'll launch the website. People will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I found the same clothing on Shein. And then the website will go down and it'll come back up. And somehow the prices keep going higher and higher every time it like relaunches. And I'm like, is there something on going on with like your code? Like code as in like their web, like their HTML, like their, you know, when I mean code, I don't mean like their coupon codes or anything. I literally mean like the coding behind your software or whatever website. It What is going on? Because like a crop top will be like obnoxiously $142. It'll go down, come back up and it's like, $374. And I'm like, what happened? What's going on over there? There's a glitch in your matrix, but she released it and this time with a coupon code for 20%. And the coupon code was she by not she in. <laughs> I loved it. Um, it is awkward though, because at this point when they're recording the reunion, we don't know that she is basically doing the Sonia Morgan and slapping her name on thing. 
Um, they get to like Sheree versus Candy Shade, which is weird because they're talking about like somehow essentially what comes up is that Sheree I can't tell if Sheree is really that calculated in how she navigates housewife or if she's just like kind of dumb. Like I keep leaning towards Sheree maybe being not the smartest person because she's talking about how Candy uses her for clickbait. But like Candy does what obviously all the women I'm married to medicine get mad about, which is she does a weekly show called To Be Kind on YouTube and she recaps and talks about that week's episode of Atlanta. And I get it that the other women might get mad about it, but it's the only time Aunt Candy can actively respond to the shit that they're saying. She doesn't want to wait until the reunion to talk about it, so she clarifies shit right then and there, right? Um, it's a little bit different than Heavenly because she's not necessarily talking shit about them separately from the show. She's talking about the stuff that she is seeing on the show and responding to it. So if Sheree or Marlo talk shit about her, she responds back. She speaks on it. So Marlo, um, Sheree says something like, oh, you're using me for clickbait and you're talking about me and everybody is sending me all the stuff that you're sending me and it's coming out of nowhere. And Candy has to specify like, you were talking shit about me to Marlo and Sheree straight up just pretends like it didn't happen. Like, and I don't know if it's because maybe Sheree doesn't watch the show. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she doesn't watch the show. She's like, you were talking badly about Tyrone. But stuff that she's saying about Tyrone is in support of her friend. It's just bizarre how Sheree navigates that. Um, but where Sheree does shine is when we talk about Drop It With Drew versus Sheree. Because Andy's like, why were you getting down on Do- Drop It With Drew when Sheba Sheree took like 14 years to launch? <laughs> Sheree says something like... Drew isn't into fitness. She's not, she doesn't represent fitness. I represent fashion. I'm sorry. Are we supposed to act like Sheree came on the show like some sort of like a fashion person? Did we miss, was she, was she also a buyer for Macy's like Teresa and Ramona? Like when are we supposed to know that Sheree is a fashion person? But she says that she, you know, I represent fashion. Drew doesn't represent fitness and drew is like drew changed it around to um no it's about my wellness journey i had a hysterectomy i don't even have a uterus <laughs> it's like okay well, you not having a uterus has nothing to do with you creating a weight loss uh website or whatever that was um but i just again i love the amount of delusion between the two of them because it's just great entertainment they do talk about like shrey do you pay your services and shrey straight up is like if it's bad service, I'm not going to pay them. That's crazy, guys. You guys, that's crazy. And, and maybe this is – first of all, it's crazy for any normal human being, but especially for me as a millennial who will tip somebody 35%, especially if they do a bad job. Like I feel so bad for like complaining. Like if I go get my nails done and the person is doing a bad job and I have to like correct them a couple of times or like point things out or make them redo something – um, and it still isn't good. Like they, they didn't get it. I will, st- I will pay, I will tip them 40% because I feel so bad. So f- I just don't understand how you can just say <laughs> people get paid if they do a good job. <laughs> like in that regard, Sheree, you didn't, you haven't produced much. Like 
people should not be paying you 142 or $387 or whatever the next price jump is going to be for these clothes because you didn't do anything. Anyway, um, feels like also at this reunion, it feels like they're kind of coming down hard on Candy and Candy gets really frustrated because eventually he gets to this like Candy versus Marlo conversation and Marlo is straight up pretending like she's she's navigating like the Housewives of Beverly Hills, honestly. She says that Marlo, Marlo feels like she and Candy were fine and it came out of nowhere. But Marlo and Sheree both are acting like that scene outside of the Jamaican cooking event that Sonia threw didn't happen. It's insanity. Like Marlo acting like, I don't know why you think that you would have helped me, Candy. Todd helped me. Todd is a different person than you. Okay, if Todd is a different person than Candy, then why were you coming down so hard on Todd in Jamaica? Like, None of it makes any sense, and we'll get to Marlo later, but I appreciate that. I appreciate two things. I appreciate any time Candy gets activated because, again, shaky voice screaming is just the best. And the other thing I appreciate is every time Marlo says contract, she says contract, contract. And I just, anytime you throw a cunt into something, I appreciate it. Um, anyway, we talk about Sheree's love life a little bit. And this Martell gentleman, I do not watch Love and Marriage Huntsville. I believe I should. It seems like it's something that will activate and agitate me. Um, but he sees he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy. And Sheree's just trying to jump around many hoops, trying not to talk about this man. She's like, Andy's like, what does he do? She's actively talking about him. Like, yes, his name is Martel. We have been talking to each other. He is a nice person. Andy says, what does he do? And Sheree says, who? And again, I can't tell if Sheree is purposely evasive or just that flighty. And I don't know which is better. You know what I mean? Um, I did love when she says I'm not into looks and Kenya muttered, yeah, we've seen pop Oof. If you want to know my thoughts about Bob Whitfield, um, you should go to our Patreon or go into, I think I released it on the main at some point. You should listen to the episode I did with my brother and Tom Hamlet recapping the uh, Babel fight in South Africa. Um, there's a little bit of Drew versus Sonia again. And it turns out that this, this Sonia basically says that in New York, when she sat down with the group and had that conversation with Drew about like, I don't like the way you are treating people and Sonia, I'm sorry, and Drew acts like she doesn't know what she's talking about. That day, Sonia did go and tell Drew that this conversation was going to go down and Drew pretended not to know. And Sonia getting as emotional as she does and Drew doing the, I know what, huh? One, Drew, you're a bad actress if that's your job um, because we can all tell that you're lying. And two, Again, Sonia getting that emotional and hopped up is just it's perfect. It's it's a perfect way to know that what Sonia is saying is absolutely accurate. That Drew played Sonia when Sonia also is stupid. That she went to Drew and said, Hey, by the way, I had a conversation on camera with Kenya about the things I don't like about you, and I'm gonna bring them up again. So, like, I'm just giving you a heads up. What did you think Drew was gonna do? Say yeah, girl, we already talked about it. Like, what did you think was going to happen? So annoying, but also like 10 out of 10, keep these two on the cast. Um, I love also when Andy like half asks, asks if 
half ass asks if somebody wants to resolve it. Like he's like, Hey, do you guys think that there's a chance when that you guys can maybe like be friends? <laughs> like halfway through the question, he just kind of trails off and he's like, Yeah, I, I didn't think so. He's like just trying to chase that Mary to medicine Cecil. Cecil and Simone got back together high every single reunion. It's just not happening. Um, we have this ending section of this episode, which is the Marlowe section. And she really talks about this extremely heartbreaking childhood. She has the mom issues, the foster issues. And I just, I talked about this at length on dumpster dive. So I actually would recommend that you go and talk, uh, go and listen to, or talk to Tom Hamlet. He's great, but you should go and listen to um, dumpster dive and hear what we had to say there. And it's like, for, for Marlo to be somebody who has gone through so much pain in her life, for her to have such severe mommy issues and then to turn around and throw that in Kenya's face and be terrible to Kenya and then also even do the same thing to her nephews, I understand why Kenya was like, I'm not fucking with her anymore. Like, I know that it's cruel of Kenya to say, if she did that to her nephews, why should I go and talk to her? I know it's cruel. But at the same time, it's not a lie. Marlo Marlo should empathize with somebody like Kenya and it doesn't make any sense that she doesn't. But what does become very clear to me is the fact that Marlo, I think, might have some sort of like a mild jealousy issue with Kenya because I think she feels like Kenya had the same terrible upbringing as me, but she did have her family to lean on. And then she was able to reach such success and be entered into this group. Whereas Marlo is still chasing that feeling. Um, I think on Watch What Crappens, Ben brought up a great point, which was that Marlo has obviously, she has a tendency to uh, bite the hand that feeds her because in the past, the hand that was feeding her was abruptly taken away. It you know, the hand was feeding her and then the hand slapped her. And now as a result, her sort of go-to when anybody's being kind or generous to her is to just snap. And it's very sad. Um, but I don't know if Marlo is going to resolve that on a television show. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just so sad. I don't know where we go from here with that. Um, but I don't think that the answer is that she and Kenya can be friends. I think Kenya is kind is she's not the kindest, but I don't think Kenya is a complete asshole. Like she would never throw that in Marlo's face. Marlo came at Kenya first. She always came at Kenya first and was absolutely horrific to Kenya over the years. And Kenya has only responded back. Um, you know, Kenya's she's got the same thing as my girl Candace, Candace Dillard Bassett. She's not gonna throw the first punch, but if you if you poke at her, she will bite you back. Um, but anyway, the, it ends with Kenya speaking in, uh, speaking about something. So we'll catch up tonight and see where that went. Um, okay, let's talk about rehearsals of not rehearsals, rehearsals of my heart, married to medicine. Uh, let's talk about married to medicine very briefly. This episode was great. Again, Mary to Medicine is an excellent show. I don't take very many notes on it because it's just so good that I'm actually having a great time. But we basically have this Toya versus Audra fight that percolates throughout the episode and then ends with hands. Ends with hands. Um, at Quad's <laughs> Hollis Slay party. 
I'm an idiot. I really thought Hollow Slay was going to be her Halloween party because I wasn't prepared to have a Christmas episode on any television show, honestly. But I was like, okay. Um, Quad was in all of her quad glory. I loved watching everybody have me comments on the side, even Eugene and Toya. Eugene is like, I don't understand what all this is with her on her balcony addressing her subjects. So she's like, He's like, you should just be like, bless my home. Y'all having a good night, Jim. Jingle bells, motherfuckers. <laughs> Call it a day. But um, I love watching all of the people, all the cast members that are mic'd up, just like responding to Quad and thinking about how funny it is. Because that's like reality. That's actually what we do. I have, I have somebody I know in my life who loves to give speeches, loves to write odes, on Facebook posts, loves to give these long-winded speeches at like everything, kids' birthday parties, birthday dinners, all this stuff. I'm like, girl, this is not the Oscars, okay? Where is the wrap it up music with you? But she loves to do it and we're always just responding the same way like, is somebody getting married? What is happening? What is happening? Uh, but I love Quad and all of her Quad glory. She throws this party and Simone and Cecil have a dinner where Audra and Toya come as well. But essentially what we're noticing with Toya is that she, one, we've all noticed all season, this season and last season, she's miserable. And two, we noticed this episode that there is a conversation about Toya and her things. Toya is very materialistic. She likes brands. She's coming down on... Audra about the clothes that she wears. Shocking that Audra is in her in her early 30s. Um, but at the same time, I believe that's how old uh, Quad was when she first started in the show because Quad just turned 40. So I, I'm surprised that they have Audra on, but I guess that makes sense. Um, but Audra is not wrong. I don't think Audra's wrong in getting annoyed with Toya. I think that it makes total sense that she would get irritated. But in the words of Heavenly, isn't there like a real estate legal HIPAA law that you're breaking here by putting out everybody's business on blast? Now, Audra, the way to do it is to talk about it uh, at a at a dinner. Stay with Quad, Heavenly, somebody. Talk about it on camera. Here's what you do. You talk about it on camera with somebody else, complain about Toya, and then that person brings it up to Toya and then all of the, you know... All of the cans, uh, all the worms come out of the cans. Is that all the cans? Oh, you, yeah. You open up that can of worms. Yes. Yeah, so all of all of the worms come out of the can because the can of worms is open. You guys know what I'm saying. Anyway, that's the way you're supposed to do it. But to put on this like spectacle of like, I know that you're poor uh, or I know that you have financial issues. Like number one, nobody is surprised by that. Everybody knows Toya is bad at finances. Everybody knows that they're having issues. We get it. And it is very annoying that Toya is sitting around talking about other people's clothes, talking about how they don't look good. I'm up here. You're down here. You know, uh, fucking Kelly Ben Simone shit. I get it. It's annoying. But that this isn't how you do it. You don't do it in the middle of a party when like you're kind of drunk. Um, also, I'm excited about this weird thing with this lady, the Zena lady, like these South Asian girls really want to get on Married to Medicine. And I understand because as people who are raised to either uh, marry doctors or become doctors, <laughs> I get the appeal of being like, I should be on a show about being married to doctors. Um, but not you, lady. 
not you walking around with your big clunky Birkin bag that's like flat at a party where it doesn't even go with your outfit. What a mess. Um, I also don't appreciate, um, as much as I hate uh, Anila, I don't appreciate Toya making fun of her clothes because, yes, it's a lot, but at the same time, I'm sure that I'm sure that Anila got a gifted from somebody. She's probably making money by wearing that outfit on camera. You know what I mean? So I feel bad for whoever that designer was that gave Anila that outfit. And I also feel like I feel like South Asians tend to like we tend to uh dress up a lot. It's just kind of our thing. I don't think that we really even know how to like I'm either going to be in jeans and a sweatshirt or I'm going to be in sequence. And I don't I, finding that middle balance has been difficult over the years. I found it, but I know that South Asians tend to uh overdo it with the with the glitter and the sequins, you know? Anyway, I'm excited to see what happens next week. I'm I think I saw a preview. I can't remember if I saw a preview or if it was actually what happened this week's episode, but um Heavenly pretends like she wasn't in the middle of the drama. Meanwhile, she's the reason why all this started. So I'm excited. I'm excited for all of it. Anyway, let's move over to Rahatas of Beverly Hills. And like I said, you'll be surprised to hear my thoughts about this episode, I think. But I was getting ready to watch this episode and get extremely annoyed. I kind of avoided it. Honestly, it's the reason why this episode, today's episode is coming out on a Sunday night instead of Friday night or Saturday like it usually does. It's because I was avoiding watching Real Houses of Beverly Hills because I thought it was going to be really, really bad and annoying. I'm not going to lie to you. I actually thoroughly enjoyed this episode, and I'll tell you why um, as I go through this recap. Okay, so we open up on Kyle, to be honest, being real for once, being actually open and honest for once, complaining about Erica, and Rinna is sort of being real because she's not necessarily disagreeing with Kyle, you know, but Rinna and Kyle are together, and Dorit and Erica are together. And the rental house is killing it per usual with with Sutton and Garcelle and Crystal and Cherie is there who is – I'll talk about her in a second. But I like what was happening right from jump because I like to see these clowns divided, okay? I like seeing – Kyle get actually irritated and say what's on her mind. And Rena's trying to be like, oh yeah, I gave it to Erica too. But then she cuts, it cuts to like the limo where, or the sprinter when they left um, the rental house after Erica screamed and yelled at everybody and told them that they were motherfuckers or bitches or cunts or whatever. Um, And it shows Rena and she's like, yeah, I know. I know that you're I know you're not bad. I know you're not guilty. It's like you didn't really tell her anything. Erica is at a hotel with Dorit and they're not mic'd up and it's producer cameras. And it's a really important to note one thing. Erica is tripling down on herself, but the way that the rest of the episode goes and the way that Dorit like maneuvers this is very funny and very interesting. But Basically, later on that morning, everyone except for Diana and Erica and Dorit go to a get coffee and um, not before, I guess, losing Kathy for just a second. But there's one thing I just want to note about Kathy this episode, uh, at least in the beginning, is Kyle. Anytime Kyle starts a story with ever since I was a little girl, that is Kyle's version of Diana's tongue lick. Like I know Kyle does her own nail biting lip pursing. She'll lick the corners of her mouth when she gets really nervous. Um, 
But anytime, which is fine. Those are her nervous tics. But Diana licking her tongue is, I don't think it's a nervous thing. I think it's just like a weird Coke thing. But it's gross and I hate seeing it. And it's not, it's not appealing. In the same way, I hate when Kyle starts any story with, ever since I was a little girl. Shut up. First of all, who says little girl? Like, what do you mean when you were a little girl? Little girl? Like, I don't know what that is about. <laughs> what do you just say when I was younger? When I was growing up? When we were growing up? When I was a kid? Ever since I was a little girl. Shut up, Kyle. I don't know. This is maybe I'm alone in this, but it just really bothers me. Anyway, um, everybody back to the point. Everybody except for Diana, Erica, and Dorit are getting coffee together. And Kyle is talking to them about how Erica left abruptly and she is really upset. After this whole storm off from the rental, Erica went back to Kyle's, packed up her stuff and left. And she's really, really, really upset. And then she tells everybody that she's going to take them to this chemo sabi place for some sort of hat store experience. And it's the most exciting thing that Kyle has ever done since she released Caftans. Um, Dorit, Diane, and Erica are going to a fancy ski store because, you know, of course... <laughs> All the money that Erica has to spend, right? Like, come on. Erica tells Dree and Diana she doesn't want to see the girls at this hat store. She doesn't want to hang out with them at all. And I think it's important to talk about Dorit's position here. Like, is Dorit wrong in the fact that everything Erica says will be picked apart, scrutinized? Of course not. Dorit is not wrong when she says that. When she says whatever Erica says will be picked apart and scrutinized and all of that. It's true. Of course it is. But the thing is, Dorit, Erica, just like the rest of you, has chosen to be on a television show. You guys scrutinize and pick apart little things like you did, Dorit, when Crystal said that she, what did she say? She said, I don't feel like this is a safe space for me. I don't feel like this is a safe space. I don't feel safe here. And you picked that apart because you had just been robbed recently. Like, you want to talk about scrutinizing people over words? Come on, guys. The way that you guys pick at Sutton, the way that you pick at Crystal, all of this stuff, all the fears that they have, right, of like the narrative you are spinning and how are you making me look, those fears exist because that is exactly the shit that they do to the cast. So Dorit saying Erica is in a bad place because no matter what she says, it's going to be scrutinized and picked apart. Well, yeah, no shit. Number one, you guys are the ones that do it the most. And number two, that's the point of the TV show. That's the point, Yolanda. You're supposed to be on a TV show where – this is what we do on all reality TV shows, but especially on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's just annoying. And they, like I said, they do it to everybody else. So shut the hell up. Anyway, Erica basically says that she doesn't want to be with a group of girls because they're treating her. She says essentially like, it's one thing for the world to treat me this way, but I don't want to, I don't want my friends to do it. So Erica knows that no matter what she does on the show, it's going to be pulled apart by viewers. She expects the people on the show to not say anything or not do anything about it, which is so weird. Isn't that so weird? <laughs> like, I guess maybe she feels that way about Kyle because Kyle knows her, but I don't understand why you would continue to, like I said, be on a TV show if you don't want people to have honest and real reactions to the shit that you are doing. 
Anyway, um, Erica also shares that the case was dismissed in Chicago, and we see her over the course of this episode talking about this dismissal of a case in Chicago. She was vindicated, blah, blah, blah. In the confessional, she is a drunken, lip-turned, slurred weirdo, and she says something about dragons to slay and all this stuff, and it's very much... It's very silly because what dragons? What dragons? What dragons? What dragons? You have blonde hair like a Targaryen, ma'am. You are riding the dragon and burning people down. Literal burn victims. You are burning down burn victims and you are not giving them their money. (laughs) What do you mean dragons to slay? Ugh. But she is so drunk. She does this lip turned thing when she is drunk uh she did it when she told crystal to cite it last week um but it's very funny when erica is doing stuff like that because i just i like that it's not here's what bothers me about erica um it's so easy it's so transparent for anybody with any sense or brain to see how wrong she is i think what's frustrating is that when you go on the internet and you're like wow there are people still like her and still support her i don't understand you have like michael fucking rapaport coming on watch what happens live kissing her ass and sucking her dick every single every single season it's like i don't understand this like he tries to say he said something about Kenya was a villain and so and Erica isn't. I th- he says something about Kenya is like a some about oh Kenya's essential to the show, just like Erica is essential to the show. But how are you going to compare Erica and Kenya more? How is that even a comparison? The worst thing Kenya did was twirl around. <laughs> the worst thing she well no the worst thing she did was how she treated Kim Fields that was fucked up. But like besides that. You're going to really compare her to Erica Jane, Girardi, whatever her other last name is? Come on. Um, anyway, the other women at the coffee shop are talking about this dismissal as well. And Crystal is an obvious avid listener or follower of the Bravo docket, like the rest of us. And she explains that actually it's not really a dismissal. They dismissed it in Chicago so they could file in California so that they can go after her shit. Um this scene happens that we got a preview of in the trailer, and it was the scene where Kathy is trying to open the door, and Dorit and Erica are like, no, don't open the door. And I think we were led to believe that something so egregious happened in Aspen that everybody got so mad at Kathy that they wouldn't even let her into the store. That's not even what happened. They weren't even avoiding Kathy. They were actually avoiding Kyle and the rest of the women. It, I just, at that point, I'm like, okay, nothing that is actually going to happen that we think is going to happen in Aspen is really going to happen. Did that make any sense? Basically, whatever we've been led to believe is going to happen in this Aspen trip, I don't think it's actually going to happen. Um, anyway, they go to this, uh, Kimosabi hat store and this tequila scuffle happens. And I found it very funny. I really did. This is a very much, um, the tequila fight reminded me of, uh, I don't know what it, oh, about, it kind of reminded me of like the nutcracker fight in New York or like the fact that Bethany drives around in the early seasons with her, um, skinny girl like mini bug or whatever that was her Volkswagen with the skinny girl logo like it just that's what it reminded me of and it's just funny because Kathy Hilton who is like richer than God is um 
<laughs> getting annoyed that nobody on the sh- on camera is drinking her tequila. I think that's what she's annoyed with because that's what she gets mad at. Like the, I think she gets mad at a bartender for it or something. And the bartender's like, "I'm pouring it. It's it's okay. I did. I I poured it." And she gets mad and she leaves. I just, it's so silly. It's just hilarious how petty it is. And I know Rena is messy. She's an asshole. She's irritating Kathy. But I don't think Kathy was like so mad she was annoyed and like being irritating not to anybody else but mostly just to the bartenders which is like also not great but I don't think it was so bad that like everybody's like oh my god Kathy's being terrible she's not she's acting like an annoying lady who doesn't understand that all the shit that she's doing is on camera but at the same time like this feels like something Kyle would do too. I mean, Kyle getting this mad that nobody is showing up, not everybody is coming to her hat event, is kind of like in line with Kathy getting mad that nobody's drinking her tequila. It's the same thing. It's how they all behave. Um, anyway, Kyle is now at this point rattled by Kathy leaving. She's kicking back shots. Erica, Dorit, and Diana are still out there doing whatever. Erica casually tells the women that she's with, Dorit and Diana, that she's wearing the earrings that are now worth over a million dollars. And then they make some sort of a joke about being refugees and needing a safe house, and they're so grateful that Diana took them in. Wasn't Dorit already staying at the hotel? What do you mean safe house? She's staying. Diana is staying at a hotel. (laughs) Dorit is staying at a hotel. Diana doesn't own the hotel. You just went and got a room at a hotel. I don't understand. And Making jokes about being a refugee on the same, like, within the same section of the episode that you're bragging about your $750,000 that earrings that are being disputed over now being worth over a million dollars, like, it's just, it's so tone deaf. It's so Beverly Hills. I'm just so glad we saw it because... I, I hope that these idiots that do, like, sympathize with Erica understand, like, this is why we don't like her. It's because this, this tone-deaf shit that she does. Um, anyway, Dorit calls Kyle to let her know that she's not coming, and Kyle really loses. She starts crying. She's pissed off at Erica. And honestly, to me, this is thrilling. This is why I like this episode. I like to see these idiots divided. This is a peek into what this show could be. Okay, this is what the show could be, seeing all of them fight with each other. This is how good the show could be, but it's not because instead we have to watch them do the shit that they did later at this other pizza party they had where they're making fun of Erica yelling at Crystal, you know? Um, But anyway, uh, to kind of smooth things over, Rena goes to the pizza parlor where Dorit and Diana and Erica are, and she hugs it out with Erica And Erica very happily shares that her case was dismissed without prejudice. Now, if you watch, if you follow the Bravo docket, like I said, and if you watch this episode, when Erica says it was dismissed without prejudice, that's actually when that happens, it means that it allows the case to be refiled somewhere else. But Erica is saying it so happily as if it's a win. And that uh, is probably why Erica still has legal problems, guys, because she doesn't understand how the law works. (laughs) they all go back to Kyle's house after this stupid hat thing. And Rena talks to Kyle about what happened at the cat store, cat store, the hat store and the pizza place and all of that. And again, I just, I enjoy watching them fight because anytime Kyle is mad enough to scream at her friends, I like it. Dorit shows up and they all scream and cry until Mauricio shows up to make sure that his sister wives are getting along. Um, 
And it's all fine. Everything is, you know, like I say, hunky-dory. It seems like everything resolved itself. Now, what's annoying is that every time Dorit talks about being with Erica, having to be near Erica, being like, she was so broken and remorseful and tearful. And she was just so sad, Kyle. Kyle, she was so sad. I'm sorry. We've been with you all day, Dorit. At no point does Erica seem sad and broken and remorseful at all. She seems spiteful and angry and kind of vengeful and crazy. And I didn't say say crazy. By the way, one of my really nice listeners pointed out that saying words like insane and crazy to describe people's behavior on this show is kind of, it's ableist. And so I've been trying to work on not saying that. It's not crazy behavior. It's irrational behavior. It's nonsensical behavior. It's stupid. It's kind of even downright evil. But I wouldn't say that Erica at any point has been remorseful or broken Dorit. So I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Now, in this situation between Dorit versus Kyle, I I understand why Dorit is in this position to be like, I couldn't leave her. I helped her move. I'm staying at the same hotel as her. I can't just leave her and say, I got to go light some hats on fire. I can't do that. Um, And also... (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if Dorit was like, I don't think that the cameras are going to care about Kyle's stupid hat party. <laughs> I, think, I think the cameras are going to care more about Erica today. So I'm going to go where the cameras are going to be. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get much footage out of the hat place. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, the way that Kyle is screaming, Kyle's not a nice person. I can't stand her. And Dorit's actually... Is she self-serving? Of course, they all are. But Dorit's actually trying to be like a decent person by being like, I gotta, I, I help pack this bitch up. Like, I can't just like leave her. So I don't know. Um, I also like that Mar- Mauricio was like, yeah, yeah, she'll be ready. She just needs 10 minutes. And Rena goes, uh, probably more like 20. <laughs> I was like, that was mean that's a little bit mean but i appreciate it um they go everybody gets ready and they go to dinner and sheree contributes by being in the car talking about constipation and i'm like honestly you're on the wrong show these girls don't talk about poop Mm -mm. the only time we've heard anybody talk about poop is when erica told crystal a couple weeks ago to take a laxative um sheree no that's the most you've contributed to this entire television show um, they go to this place and again, Dorit is telling all the girls when she shows up that Erica is like so broken and tearful. And like I said, I don't believe that that ever happened. Um, and they're at this like bar. Now there's this big talk about like Aspen, Aspen, money, glamour, glam, glitz, glam. One episode they went to like a regular restaurant, looked like a regular Italian restaurant. And last week that was, yeah, that was last week. And then they went to a hat store and at the hat store there was like pizza and drinks and now there's like just pizza and drinks. And I'm like, it's a little low budget, no? Like you spent the money on the Aspen house and now you can't afford to do anything else. But they go to this like little bar or whatever. Erica and the old lip liquor show up later and Erica and Kyle have a chat. And Erica is coming in like all puff chest i won did you see the new blah 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 news blah 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 and like it's she doesn't come in tearful or broken like dorita saying and 
I will say at the scene, Erica is actually being honest here. She does. She's I hate it when I have to give her any credit, but I get what she is saying, which is, Kyle, I inherited this problem from my husband. I inherited it. And nobody is denying that. I think this is the issue with Erica. Erica thinks that by her saying, I feel genuinely sorry about whatever is going on with people, by her saying that, that's not going to make her look like a bad person. I think she believes that if she says that, then that'll make it look like she is the reason why all this stuff happened. It's, I think, I don't know which podcast it was or which Twitter or whatever, but it's like being the wife of a mobster. If your mobster husband stole a bunch of money, and just watch Mob Wives, guys. If your mobster husband stole a bunch of money and murdered people or whatever and then went to jail, you would lose all the money that you you got to, you would lose the lifestyle that you had. That's pretty much what Girardi Keese did, and this is what they're trying to do. And a mobster's wife wouldn't sit around trying to fight the the feds or whoever and try to like keep the money. She wouldn't do that. So it's it's essentially the same thing, and Erica's not understanding that. And that's like if the mobster's wife went around being like, I don't know, did anybody even die? Like, no, they did. And I, I don't know. I don't have to explain this stuff to you guys. Anyway. Erica and Kyle make up, and this is where Garcelle and Crystal bring up the double standards. These are the double standards that exist in this group. If it was something that happened between Erica and the other women, hell, Erica and Sutton or Diana and Sutton, we were carrying it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. We'd bring it up every single scene. Every single scene we'd say, so do you think that um, Kyle and Erica are going to get along today? That's what they would do if it was anybody else. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's annoying. Um, But Doree and Crystal have a conversation and Crystal is speaking the fact. She's saying all the things that we all believe. And at one point when she says to Doree, there is no misunderstanding of Erica's position. And I understand that your position is the same. That is when Dorit's brain breaks. When Crystal says that to Dorit, Dorit's brain breaks, and she doesn't really know what to say. But by the end of the night, these Fox Force fuckheads are laughing at Erica's behavior. And Crystal's basically trying to say, like, this is this is hypocritical. I don't like the way, Erica, you spoke to me last night. It's not okay. And I don't, I don't like it. And Erica throws in Crystal's face, I was comforting you and I was being such a good friend to you and I was being so supportive to you in Mexico. And Crystal's like, no, you were an asshole. And I'm sorry, throwing, what did she do with Crystal at the beach in Mexico? She was so comforting and so nice to Crystal that an hour later after after she and Rena were there on the beach with Crystal, they called Kyle. They asked Crystal why Erica, why they, sorry, they asked Erica, why was Crystal crying? And Erica cannot even tell her. So no, you were not really supportive of her. You were not. What is being supportive? Do you guys even know what a supportive friend looks like? You have no idea because you weren't actually supportive of Crystal. She doesn't have to be nice to you. There's nothing that Crystal is saying which is wrong. You are just annoyed that Crystal is bringing up stuff on camera that we are all thinking. Again, Crystal Garcelle Sutton function and react to things like normal people. And these people 
do not. The rest of the group does not. And that's why the show is so clunky. But this episode, the fact that Kyle was reacting like a normal person, the fact that Kyle was having an emotional reaction about Dorit, like not coming to her hat party, those are the things that usually make the show good. And it was such a good peek into what the show could look like if they drop this weird alliance that they have of not bringing up stuff on camera. Um, The episode ends with all of them wanting to go to one more club and Kathy not adhering to the dress code at this club. And then we see texts from Rinna and a to be continued. Now, this is where we bring into the question, do we think Kathy said a slur? I'm not going to lie. I'm leaning more and more towards, I don't think Kathy, first of all, let me just say, do I think Kathy has ever said a homophobic or racist slur in her life? Yeah, absolutely. Like multiple times. Do we think she's problematic, racist, homophobic, all those things, transphobic? Yeah, of course. These are rich white people who probably just realized what it feels like, what it is like to um, to be held accountable for the shit that they say, okay? Like it just happened to them in the last two years, you know? Do I think she says stuff like that? Of course I do. I don't think that anything like that happened. I think the worst thing that, this is my theory, and I hope Listen, you know I'll admit it if I'm wrong. I think my theory is that I think that Chris, I think that Kathy is going to get mad at Kyle for dragging her to a club where she knew she wasn't adhering to the dress code. And she's insulted by something that happened there, maybe by somebody who was working there. She gets into the car and she leaves. And apparently Rena released a text of Kathy saying something like, Let's not talk about the things that I said. And I think that probably what Kathy did at worst is like say terrible things about Kyle, cuss out Kyle, maybe behind her back or whatever. And Renault's basically holding that over Kathy's head. And that's it. I think even that scene that we have later on where Rena's like, you said terrible things about this sweet, kind sister of yours. I think what Kathy probably did was get annoyed about the fact that <laughs> they weren't drinking her tequila and then her sister made her go to a club where she had to get kicked out and she was embarrassed. But I don't think anything else happened. I don't know, or maybe we'll just find out next week. I don't know. But that's it for this episode. Um, I might be back next Wednesday. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might be back next Wednesday because I am really loving Real Houses of Atlanta and Married to Medicine. I'm going to see if Arthur or somebody can hop on to talk to me about it, um, talk with me about it. You know what I'm saying? But I'll be back uh, whenever I'm back. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.